a libertarian that won't get off his talking points, you know, non-aggression principle, non-aggression principle, nap, 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 nap. An agorist that won't get off of their talking points, alternate economy, alternate economy, black economy, black economy, right? Crypto guy that will not get off of his talking points with NFTs are going to solve everything. NFTs are going to fund everything. NFTs, 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 and you go, hold on, well, hold it's a hold scam. It's coming back up. It's going to be 150k. Right. right. Those are all NPC things. It's the response. The answer is always this, this, this. There is no objective thinking. Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Before we get to the episode, the January Ask Me Anything call was a great success. I'll post some clips in next week's episode. The February call jumps off of our recent episode on AI. It's called How to Thrive in a World with AI. So have you used AI? Will you use it? And why or why not? Do you use AI for your side hustle? And how do you balance the AI content versus your content? How do you stay uniquely human in the future of AI? Come and join us for the February community call. Come and share your story or vent about the AI. It's Thursday, February 16th at 8 p.m. Central Time. Sign up at thriveinthefuture.com slash events, and it'll send you a link to the Zoom call. No AI is invited. Let's jump into the episode. This week on Thriving the Future, maybe you've seen the Elon quote, if you don't think there's at least a tiny chance you're an NPC, you're an NPC, end quote. Everybody's calling each other NPCs. So in this episode, Perpins Back, we talk about simulation theory. We talk about this, this persistence with calling everybody NPCs, what the impact it has on your mindset. Listen and see if you agree. So last week we talked about NPC and how people see themselves as the hero in the video game. And they're the NPC. Right? They're the hero of the video game and everyone else is an NPC, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. It's kind of a playoff of simulation theory where the whole world is a simulation and I'm the only real component. Mm -hmm. Today we want to talk about what basically what an NPC is and how to yeah. know if you're being one. Or... Yeah, so I sent you that uh, that Elon quote or tweet. <laughs> right? Right. Where, let me bring it up just so I... If you don't think there's at least a tiny chance you're an NPC, dot, dot, dot. You're an NPC. <laughs> Which is uh, one of those statements that gets accused of being meta. Or yeah. Pointed out and worshipped as being meta or whatever the proper focus of that is. But that's true. An NPC doesn't know it's an NPC. So, so let's kind of cover what an NPC is. An NPC in... Uh, video gaming and that is a non-player playable character it is a non-player character it is a character that is programmed knows a few different things and never leaves its routine but it's there to give you the key that opens the box it's there to sell you, for you to sell items to so that you have in-game money it is there to facilitate the journey of the game without somebody having to play the boring part of the game right so by thinking everybody else is an NPC and you are the game hero, then uh, that dehumanizes everyone else, but it also makes them a part of your illumination, right? It's very Gnostic, right? It yeah. is a 
if I gain the right amount of knowledge, the right amount of experience points, then I get to transcend humanity. <laughs> yeah, very. that's very transhumanist also. Well, transhumanism is Gnostic. We will find a way to evolve to the next level of being. We will leave our body behind and become the energy entity that floats around space. If you're on Star Trek, if you're in our current paradigm you're going to have your brain and consciousness uploaded to the computer and live on the internet and you won't have to die and you won't have to die you won't have to die yeah which is kind of opposite of reality in a lot of ways because you are not a soul that has a body you are body and soul Mm -hmm. and they're all denying that to some extent or that it's knowledge that gets you to the next level instead of knowledge by itself does not get you anywhere really hmm. you you can you can know all the stuff in the encyclopedia but that doesn't change your character right or what's going so 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 but Accusing people of being an NPC has become really, really um, popular with a lot of the meme culture Mm -hmm. and a way of dismissing the opposite side, right? It's uh, like orange man good, orange man bad, right? We've all seen those memes or Mm -hmm. I assume all of us have seen those memes. I can probably think of people that haven't, but you know, they're not online. Um, That is a... The reason it's called that they're saying that that's an NPC is because it's just a rote response regardless of the input, right? It's an inability to think objectively about the thing. It's the inability to listen and have a real conversation. And in a lot of ways, all of us are an NPC in one way or another on some topic or just because of convenience. It was one of the articles I read, I don't know how long ago it was, a while back that NPCs are really something to be admired because they are being very, very efficient with their life because they are not expending any energy, time, or dialogue on anything that doesn't matter to them. Hmm. That's twisted. Even the NPC in the game is doing that, right? The NPC in the game is here to give you the key if you say the right password or you do the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it will not do anything outside that. So it's actually being the most efficient, and therefore it is just preserving energy and being a good citizen. That's twisted. <laughs> Maybe, but there are people <laughs> who believe that too. Yeah, yeah. So I think so, what so I think what Elon's really, really commenting on is how close-minded people are. That they're not going to entertain that they're an NPC, then they're not really even being self-examinatory or listening to themselves. Mm-hmm. Because we all do it. We all do it to fit in. Fitting in is what an NPC does in outside of a game, right? Inside right. reality and human interactions, it is a fitting in phenomenon. I will go get Nikes because all my friends have Nikes, and if I don't have Nikes, I'm going to be made fun of. Hmm. It's an NPC action. I'm doing what other people value and consider important over forming my own idea or impression or anything because it allows me to fit in. It gives me my social cohesion and my unity, right? So so if we want the tie-in point, right? Mm-hmm. 
an NPC is is following along and fitting in. What mm-hmm. Elon is talking about is how people are completely oblivious to how the algorithms of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, the internet, search engines, and advertisers, and all that, is causing you to do things without knowing you're doing them. Cyprian talked about this in his Attention Economy series. I think it was the second video, maybe in the first one, where he talked about we've all been sitting there and we have some conversation with our friends over lunch or whatever, and then we see an advertisement for what we talked about. Well, the phone wasn't listening to you. The phone knew where you were going to be because it knows everything that it's been feeding you. So it knew the conversation you were going to have. So it knew that that was the time to then send you the ad. So it knew the conversation you were going to have, even if you were... It didn't really know it, but it knew that this is the line of thought you were going to be having because it fed this to you in a subconscious, hypnotic way. It fed this to you. It fed this to you. It fed this to you. All of your friends online are going to this converging point that it's been pointing everybody. Mm-hmm. They are all on this NPC trap with their thoughts and their impressions and their likes and the information and memes and all that that they are being fed and responding to means that they're going to end up at this conclusion. And when they end up at that conclusion, they are going to want to buy a Berkey water filter because the world is ending or they are going to want to buy this purple and pink purse because that's what's now fashionable right all that stuff converging the algorithm is seeing all that and then providing what you want and selling somebody the opportunity to sell you those things at that time so you don't think the phone's listening to you necessarily the phone's not listening to you the nsa may be using the phone to listen to you right but facebook isn't right facebook doesn't have to their algorithm knows where you're going to be before you even get there it tracks it can, everything you do. So I It's mean, tracking it's everything listening. you do. It's tracking everything your friends do. So it knows that this friend over here who you eventually buy everything they buy just bought this pink and purple purse or just bought this Berkey water filter and they're going to tweet it and then you're going to end up talking to other friends about it, right? Because 10 of your friends saw that, right? So right. you're... Everybody's going to be going and buying a Berkey water filter if they already haven't or they're going to go buy the next set of filters sure. or that, right? It can see where everything is going to conjoin because it can see what you're already... Right. The input you're taking lead to this output. And it's watched enough people to know where those inputs... These inputs lead to these outputs. Yeah, and apps, both Facebook and Instagram, they actually know while you're scrolling if you hesitated over something and they make a note of that. So if you're scrolling and you see a Berkey water filter ad... Right. Or your friend posting on it and you hesitated. They've noted that you hesitated over that. That's why, and you can literally see this in the Instagram app, that if you hesitate over something, you will see another video or another ad like that shortly thereafter. So if you hesitated and you don't even have to like it. Look, I, I've used the algorithm. Right. I'm excited. I, I, I want a backpack, research. right? Right. So I see an ad for a backpack. I click on it. Mm-hmm. I go spend some time wandering around that website. I go to Amazon and I click and I find backpacks kind of sort of what I want, but it's not the one I want, right? Sure. So I spend time on those on purpose. Right. And the algorithm goes, oh, he wants a backpack. Mm-hmm. He wants one that's black. He wants one that's blue. Right. He's not sure what he wants, black or blue. He wants this. He wants that, right? And then they start showing me ads and I go, well, that's not the one I want. That's not what I want. Oh, that one's close to what I want. And I go spend time on that ad. 
And then I start getting, we're having a sale. We're having a sale. And I ignore all those sales because it's not the one I want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have the features I want. It doesn't have the pockets where I want them. It doesn't, right? There's something. Or you're not not ready to buy yet. I, I, no, I'm ready to buy a backpack. Mm-hmm. I just can't find the one I really want, or I want some feature that I can't find. So I'm using the algorithm to find it for me. Uh-huh. So I continue to narrow in on that. And in three to four weeks, I will, they will start switching companies. They'll go, okay, so it's not this brand. Let's try this brand. I'll go, that one's got some features I like. That one doesn't, right? Sure. And then I'll be getting ads for, they're having a sale. They're having a sale. They're having a sale. Sign up for their thing, right? So you sign up for several emails. Mm-hmm. You dump them in a folder so you can unsubscribe later, right? But this is the whole process of making the algorithm find me the backpack that I want to go buy. And it goes all the way back to, like, place I worked was a container company, right? A box company. And I had to sit in the sales area. And they had a thing on the wall that was from 1900. And it showed the progression, even back then, the progression of making a sale. The first time you see it, you don't see it. The second time right. you see it, you go, oh, there's that thing again. The third time, etc. Until you get to the 10th or the 20th time and then you say oh I see this all the time it must be good right this is Rene Girard mimetic yeah the mimetic yeah E-T-I-C right sure mimetic theory so basically what it is is it's your desire is based on somebody else putting value on it Mm -hmm. somebody else putting value on it so what isn't your desire you putting value on it no his theory is that there are models or role models or influencers who are able to imbue an object or a thing with value hmm. by their having it, their wanting it, and their desire for it. And that creates a desire for you because man is a creature who does not know what to desire and he turns to others in order to make up his mind. We desire what others desire because we imitate their desires. And this ends up going into his whole thing on natural rivalry and scapegoats, right? Sure. Scapegoat is the person we've all agreed has caused a problem or is a problem so that we can relieve our current situation. Mm-hmm. And we collectively go after them. But that is set based on them not having the same desires as us. Hmm. So Going we, after them in a aggressive way, right? Right, so, you usually kill a scapegoat, the, but yeah, true. or you outcast. So, but if we perceive that we have the same desires as them, then we want what they want. We want what they have, whatever. He, right? what, 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 it's what, the root of covetousness. What Rene Girard says is the fact that we are following this role model who imbues this object with value. We then desire the value. Then our desires group us in together. And we automatically then look for people that do not have the same desires to rid them out of the world as a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Because we can't let them into the system because they don't value what we value, then we can't work with them. They're already an outcast. But that allows us to go after them. And then our new object is to combine together and go after them. So this this is what NBCs are doing. They are displaying this behavior. An influencer buys a Porsche. Mm-hmm. Everybody now wants a Porsche. Not everybody can get a Porsche. You have conflicts, you have that, but that's what everybody wants. That becomes the thing to desire. And everybody's like, well, what kind of car you get? I'm getting a Porsche. I want to get a Porsche. can't afford a Porsche, so I'm going to go buy a Volkswagen because <coughs> Volkswagen is the poor man's Porsche. <laughs> right? 
Yeah. That, that, that's that whole line of thing, right? Yeah, it used to be the Datsun uh, Z28, right? All those things, right? The air-cooled engine, the whole... Right, right. Yeah. that is the... Being an MPC, you are just repeating the desires and the value hierarchy of your group. What you give your attention to is what becomes that model that you follow. This is what Cyprian's getting at with the attention economy. So to not be an MPC or to see when you are being an MPC, you have to know what it is you're desiring and where that desire originates from. So how do you do that? So how do you, should you be self-analyzing yourself? to determine what your true motives or your true desires are? How do you do that without becoming neurotic? Well, I don't think you can do that without becoming neurotic. And so I wouldn't <laughs> suggest that that, that, that that direction, right? <laughs> can watch yourself to some extent, right? I mean, we've all left a party and gone, why did I say that? Oh, yeah. I don't really think that, that, you know, Trump's the answer, but I said that just to shut them up. But that was fed by the people you're following, by the people you're reading, and by the input you're taking in. Controlling the inputs in controls your attention. Where your attention is, that's where you're going to end up with your NPC behavior. Because so you get back to the using Twitter rather than letting Twitter use you. When you're pursuing Twitter as a form of entertainment or a way to numb from your hard day from work... You are not really consuming information. You are just filling your mind full of inputs and ideas from other people sure. that will later blindly come out of you as Nuremberg 2 is coming and it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> we're going to get vengeance, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going, to, we're going to get justice. We're going to get justice. We're going, we're going to, going to get justice. Nuremberg 2 is coming and your attention is now off on Nuremberg 2. Yeah. Not on the fact that Nuremberg 1 was false false right. failed or was not what we thought it was or not what we've sure. been told right it was fake but and you can see the npc behavior because mm -hmm. when somebody points that out everybody will go you are wrong M you know nuremberg 2 is going to be great right yeah nuremberg 2 that's a scapegoat mechanism of the thing right right you just you tried to break our cognitive dissidence and you're now attacked <laughs> and nuremberg 2 has uh, trending on twitter a week their attention has been pointed. Everyone's now having the conversation. But we had this, and this conversation started a while back. This mm -hmm. started back with amnesty for? Watching that conversation has led to here. Yeah, because we determined no amnesty. Now we want Nuremberg where we're going to punish the... And when somebody says it doesn't work, we attack them. That either causes them to now join in the NPC behavior or to get further outcast or further humiliated. That process lets you know where that edge is, right? So mm -hmm, then you either mm -hmm. get in or you get out. And when you find yourself on those edges or starting to yell at somebody for no reason, you go, wait, what am I doing? That, that's where you get that realization. It's not in the constant self-analysis of, ooh, this person tweeted about spending the night watching the sunset. I wonder what NPC behavior that's going to cause in me tomorrow, right? That'll mm -hmm. cause you to be schizophrenic. Yeah. In no time. Neurotic, schizophrenic, one sure. of those, you, you're going to spin way out of control. Mm-hmm. The major, major, major way to stop just doing this is to have a grounded set of principles and truth and live by them. And you need to find those points and keep those. The watcher inputs. The other positive solution is to acknowledge you're going to be, you're going to serve something. Or are you going to do it blindly? And then the other thing is to listen. Because the one thing an NPC can't do is really listen to people. They don't listen and respond to what they said. 
they listen and respond with what will get them the heart, the tweet, the like, the or just the automatic script, right? Talking sure. points are a perfect example of this. A politician that won't get off of his talking points, he's an NPC. A libertarian that won't get off his talking points, you know, non-aggression principle, non-aggression principle, adapt, 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 adapt. An agorist that won't get off of their talking points, alternate economy, alternate economy, black economy, black economy, right? Crypto guy that will not get off of his talking points with NFTs are going to solve everything. NFTs are going to fund everything. NFTs, 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 and you go, hold on, well, hold it's a hold scam. It's coming back up. It's going to be 150k. Right. right. Those are all NPC things. It's the response. The answer is always this, this, this. There is no objective thinking about. Well, we have homeless people. Do they want to not be homeless? Because there's some that don't want to be homeless, and there's some that want to be homeless. You can help somebody that doesn't want to be homeless anymore become not homeless. Right. You can help the person that wants to continue to be homeless to have a better existence as a homeless person. But if you try and get them into a house and a job and all that, it is not going to work. It's a question of are you listening to what it is that they are saying or are you coming with your solution to cause it to happen? Uh, This is... uh, John hears his backhoe. I don't remember what episode of why are we talking about rabbits yeah, that was, but that was, but, but Americans are backhoes. They go dig holes. Yep. It's solution, solution, solution. So, we, but you said something interesting. We while we were driving over here, we drove past a homeless camp where they're spilling over into the woods, and you made an observation that was very interesting. The observation that it's become more and more acceptable to have homeless people around, and it's somebody else's problem. Their, with their day. You you can fall into the right or the left on that, right? Mm-hmm. You can fall into government needs to fix that. Mm-hmm. Or you can fall into it's somebody else's problem. You can fall into, oh, look, let's honor the victim. Most or you, people or, don't or, honor the victim. Most people don't think twice about it. Well, they, they, they do honor the victim. I've not called the police on them. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the middle on that issue? The middle on that issue is... To say, okay, yeah, it's not really, it's in my sphere of concern. The current moment I'm in a car driving past, it's not in my sphere of control. I can't control whether they're homeless people. But when I do meet a homeless person or run into them or pass them on the street, right, I can choose to see them as a human and I can engage them as a human being. That's As a you, creation of God. Yeah. I can listen if they want to talk. I can leave them in the little world if they want to be left in the little world, right? Here's a good example. I had a friend who was talking to a, another guy, and he said to him, I, I want to give homeless people money, or I want to give people asking for money money, but some of them That's are just grifters, going. right? Right. And the response from his friend was, well, even a grifter needs a buck or two. And that's where I, that's the next thing I was going to go to, is people argue whether you should give money to the homeless or not. Right. Oh well, they'll just spend it on this. And who who was who who did we hear not too long ago said why is that your problem? You know, you're right. giving an alms. You are giving them money, and they go buy a bottle of wine or a bottle of alcohol. Do you have a hard a drink after a hard day? <laughs> Me and you, right? Don't. But there <laughs> right. are people that do go have a drink. You know, they have a whiskey, they have a scotch, sure, they sure. have a whatever it is. Right. Sure. They have a couple beers. You could tell me that that homeless person hadn't had a hard day. Interesting point of view. I mean, you buy your friend a beer if he's had a hard day and talk to him, right? Right. What's wrong with giving him money? 
and then allow him to choose where he's going to spend the money. It's a different worldview. It's a different function. It is an accepting that it's not your job to control other people. Ooh. A very un-American thing to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The American thing to do is to control other people. Is to control their actions, will. to tell them their solution, mm. to implement their solution for them. Yeah, so let's take that to the next level. So, you know, how many people, when you start going into the suffering part now, your friend is having a hard time. He's telling you his problems. 90% of the people that are listening to the, to the friend's problems are going to be wanting to solve it, are going to give him solutions, are going to... They're already thinking of something while they're listening to him, and they're not necessarily listening, right? They're, they're not a listening. They're not listening, and they're already avoiding suffering. You would be suffering if you just pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. <laughs> Add another side hustle. Add another side. <laughs> these. <laughs> You've not been told these. Yeah, I have. That's what's so funny about it. Right. <laughs> well, somebody actually said, "Who? Who was it that said not too long ago? It's not hard to make money." Right. Yeah, that was uh, one of our one of our friends said that was the main thing they got out of Cyprian when they were listening to Cyprian was Cyprian at one point said, well, it's not that hard to make money. It technically is not. People are throwing it away. And before you argue, how many of you complain about what people are buying at Walmart? How many of you complain about how come that guy can sell another T-shirt? People are throwing money away everywhere. Mm-hmm. They pay $30 to have $20 worth of food delivered to them by Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. Right? No, they're, they're, they're spending $30 on having Taco Bell delivered to them on Uber Eats. Or, or... Right, but I mean, you're paying more for the delivery than you are the food. Yeah, exactly. I would never Did even you... think of having Taco Bell delivered by Uber Eats or... The why, the why is separate, right? Yeah. They are throwing money away. So people will throw money away. Sure. The question is whether you're going to get in their way with something they will throw money at you to take. Uh-huh. And you can do that by responding to what they want, mm-hmm. or you can respond to it by defining your customer by what you want your customer to be, and then walking up them and giving them the solution that you have. They want a candy bar, but you are going to sell them a healthy granola bar with no soy, no GMO, right? What are they going to throw the money at? I don't know what they're going to throw the money at. You've got to go do the market research. But when you find something people are throwing money at, and then you make what they're throwing money at, money's easy to make. Mm -hmm. But if you are trying to sell your, I got all the locally sourced ingredients out of my garden, and right? Instead of, I got blackberries, so I went to the store and bought five pounds of sugar and made bunches and bunches of quarts and pints of blackberry jelly and jam. And I took it and I sold it on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist rather than the farmer's market where I have to have it tested by the FDA and I have to go get a tax ID and all that, right? Sure. That's a side hustle, but you bought, you're potentially doing something people are throwing money at. Instead of, every single ingredient came from my backyard. I went and planted sugar beets and processed them down for the sugar, and I bought, took apples and processed them down for the pectin, and I took the black... Right? You're selling a product they don't want. 
You're causing more labor for yourself, more costs, so you cannot be profitable because you have decided that it all had to come from your backyard because that is your solution for somebody else and that's your solution for you. You've written yourself into a box that won't people won't throw money at. Instead of asking really what they want. And, and, and we can relate that to us. We're now, what, one year old? Why don't, Podcast down. Yeah. Why don't we have a logo on a sticker and a t-shirt at Teespring? Because we've spent too much time trying to find our customer and not creating something that our listeners will probably throw money at. <laughs> okay. We haven't created a Patreon, right? Well, we actually have now. Yeah, yeah right. we have a Patreon. But, but we, we, I just we, haven't we, turned anything on yet. Right. We haven't done finishing steps, and we're in the process. Right. But we didn't because we're not big enough and nobody wants to give us money. That's one reason why, yeah. We so don't know that, what so we're going to do. Was that imposter syndrome? It's partially imposter syndrome, but it's partially making it hard for people to give us money. Instead of going, well, people give money to have a telephone call with the creators of a podcast all over. There are hundreds and hundreds of podcasts with a Patreon where all they really get is the podcast two weeks early and a monthly conversation with the podcast host. They pay $10, $15, $20 a month for that. They are throwing money away. Money's hard to get. Huh. Well, I don't know. They're throwing money at that. We, we, could, we could try that. They're yeah. NPCs. <laughs> They're throwing the money away. Might as well throw it to me, the uh, hero of the video game, right? Sure. <laughs> I don't think they'll pay for heroes of the video game. They will pay to be the hero of the video game. Ah. But that gets you into the whole question of whether it's legal to sell, whether it's moral to sell somebody drugs. <laughs> oh. Right? Yeah. Whether it's moral to own a bar. Is it moral to own a bar? I don't own a bar because I can't settle the question. You can't settle the question about it being moral, or you just right? I can't. I can't. I think that question is way above me. I, <laughs> I I need to be a simpler person, not asking these questions. We have that question about uh, should you make elderberry wine? I don't have that question. Making alcohol for myself, who can control my drinking, is one thing. Making and selling alcohol to people who cannot control their passions is completely another thing. Yeah, my teetotaler wife. But they're the people throwing understand. money at the alcohol makers. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's how we avoid being an NPC. Or something like that. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Final thoughts? Beware of your inputs. Listen to people. Help them implement their solutions for their life. Don't give them your solution. That's good. Your advice is not really warranted, even when asked for. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to the Thrive in the Future podcast. So Thrivers, Thrive in the Future podcast is now over one year old. We've created new content every week for 65 plus episodes with conversations that you don't hear on other podcasts. After one year, the podcast only has a few reviews on iTunes. So the result is, unfortunately, that the algorithm will essentially bury or ignore Thrive in the Future in the search results. So we're having a contest. Please subscribe to the podcast in your fave podcast app. Go over to Apple iTunes podcast app and leave a five-star review. It has to be on iTunes. And then go to thriveinthefuture.com slash contest. We are having a drawing in February for Roxanne Ahern's holistic homesteading book. And alternatively, a Amazon gift card. 
Go to thriveinthefuture.com slash contest and submit your email for the drawing. The drawing will be on February 26th for the copy of Roxanne Ahern's Holistic Homesteading book. Alternatively, there is a Amazon gift card. Join the contest. Thank you. Next time on Thrive in the Future podcast. In the upcoming weeks for Thrive in the Future podcast, these are the topics we're going to be talking about. Um, are you a trader or are you a gambler? Going to have Jason Snyder from Doomer Optimism podcast. And also my friend Dave and I break out our med kits and first aid kits and compare and lessons learned from that. That's coming up on Thrive in the Future podcast in the next few weeks. Elderberry cuttings and comfrey and crowns and root cuttings are now available at grownuttrees.com. So you can take this elderberry cutting, which is basically a stick, poke it into the ground, cover it with mulch, and it'll take off right where it needs to be. You don't need to put it in a pot or anything. That's at grownuttrees.com.